Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Victor Marks Show. Today, my guest is Fadwa Anderson. Fadwa has been working here, actually, at the Ministry of All Things Possible since 2018. She's been over our social media as a coordinator and Middle Eastern communicator. Her job is to communicate between our ministry and our friends and partners in the Middle East. Fadwa is married and has one child, a fine young man. And, well, let's go ahead and start the show. Fadwa, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate it. Of course. So let's give a little bit of background. You grew up in Baghdad, Iraq. Correct. Uh, you, I mean, you were born back in 83. I want to give the time of your birth so people can put in context. You witnessed and survived like three different wars, didn't you? Uh, I opened my eyes on Iranian uh, war and then the 90 war and then 2003 war, the Gulf War. So it's many wars. And yet you continued to push through and you actually earned a bachelor's of science as an electrical engineer. Correct. That's so impressive. I'm not going to kid you. Uh, now you decided to move here to the States back in 2012, uh, really because you were threatening your husband, your ex-husband who worked for the U S army at the time. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure our listeners understand or can appreciate the conflicts, the many different tribes, the Sunnis, the Shias, the Iranian influence, Hezbollah, Al-Qaeda, ISIS. It's still to this day a war zone. Um, Like uh, after 2003, that's when we are young and we are kind of aware of what's going on uh, in the area. And it was very hard times during 2005 for and up like there is um many militia you can't tell like there's some uh painful um scenes catched into my mind like mm-hmm. one day i was going to the work and there is a car uh cutting the road killing the guy uh, driving the car in front of us and run away and it's hard but the impressing thing that happened like we finish our day like normal it's not like someone got killed in front of us it's become normal thing you see dead body in the street you can't trust no one you need to be careful with whom you're talking you keep checking no one follow you because there's uh like you said isis al-qaeda uh, they have strong base over there and militia as well it was crazy. It was crazy to, I don't know how did I make it here. Like, right. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Like one time I was doing another job interview. I was um, going, just riding a taxi and a bomb explode in the checkpoint I am in standing in because they check every single car. So surviving many, many um, explosions, um, many hard situation it's just you can't feel safe and um like you said my ex-husband uh used to work as civil engineer to build build hospitals schools just 
but with the, the uh, U.S. Army help. So or sometimes he works in camp as well, like U.S. camp, where it's protected and secured by U.S. But um, one day he was leaving the camp and they were following him with his other friends in the car and they shoot him. They shoot mm-hmm. the car, the driver gets injured, but luckily nothing happened to him. And we just decided to leave the country like that's it. Yeah. Well, I want people to hear because there's a misconception that all Iraqis who try to get here, all Muslims that try to get to the U.S. are bad, they're extremists, they're, and that's just not the truth. Most people who make those assertions, they don't even have any Muslim friends. And I, I scratch my head and I go, you guys, listen, people are people anywhere. And um, when we first met through us engaging your service through an open source intelligence company to help us work, I mean, we were doing counter messaging and through our Iraqi and Middle Eastern social media and helping to be a light with what we do, you were still a Muslim. It, did I treat you any different? Did we, was there any tension? Absolutely no. No, I was like impressed by the way you're treating me and everyone here in the U.S. I, I never got mistreating, you know? Right. No, not not at all. Well, you and your son were easy to care for and love because uh, you're such a dedicated worker. First of all, your excellence in your job was incredible. I mean, I can remember... And I still do, you know, send you an email, contact you through encrypted. It said, I need this or that. It's, it's 9 PM, 11 PM, 2 AM. You're like, got it. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I was like, geez, we, this is how we operate at ATP. It's not a nine to five, but let me ask you from an Iraqi's point of view and those listening, uh, it, we're talking with Fadwa. She is a team member of ATP. She's really helps head up our communication with all of our Middle Eastern uh, activities and outreaches that we have going. But we were talking about how when we first met, uh, I mean, she's been raised Muslim in a Muslim family. We didn't treat her any different. We're just normal. That that's And some people, there are some, what I would say, kind of Christians in America who are like, why would you have a Muslim in ministry? I'm like, well, why don't you try working in the Middle East? It, you know, uh, you better have Muslims on your side. And again, we see everybody created in the image of God. Uh, we don't let religion or race or any of that type of stuff. Make or language. Or language. Yeah, for sure. So from a an Iraqi's point of view, you know the work that we were doing and are doing in the Middle East and Iraq. Uh, how does that make the average Muslim feel? They feel, uh, some of them, uh, unfortunately, feel shocked. Like, okay, like one of the kids we are treated, uh, we did many uh, medical uh, surgery to her. She had infection in her thigh. And after taking her to the hospital, she spent a couple of days there and getting uh, all the treatment. And after that, like the dad asked one of our team members there in Iraq, like, What's now? What they need from me? Why did they help my kid? Mm. Some people, they don't understand our effort. They think like there's something in return, unfortunately. But some of them, they're just so grateful and also in shock because 
there it's hard to get uh, what we do. It's, our work there is not that common. Like there, the war been ended for like many years, but a lot of kids until this moment suffering from injury, um, like physical and also mentally, like they have uh, PTSD and no care for them, no treat for them. Like we are one of the important NGO work there for these kids and care for them and be there for for them, uh, not just by words and promises. No, we take an action. So that's what I love about uh, our ministry. So Thank you. So we really try to give all the glory to God for what he's called us to do. And we're so thankful that he brought you into our lives and into the ministry because you've been such an incredible encouragement. And well, let's talk about faith. So you went through a very hard time through a divorce and that's universal, right? Doesn't matter what country, religion, language. Correct. Divorce is painful. And I saw you just try to remain faithful to God and keep your hopes up, but it was hard times. And there are many, many women right now listening who are divorced or going through one and they hurt, they're in pain. What at a certain point, Fadwa, you came to a realization that you needed help from God. And then you started considering our approach to faith in Christ Jesus. Tell us about that. Tell us what would happen. Um, actually, I've been like through three years from trying to get divorced. It was very hard time. At the beginning, I I was strong and trying to hold myself for my son first and then for myself because I'm, I consider myself a strong woman. But it takes too long. Uh, I start to suspicious, like, why this happened to me? Why me? I'm doing everything God wants me to do. I'm following God rules. I don't do mistakes. Why me? That's that's the painful question. Why it takes so long time? I keep praying, praying, and um, I'm praying in order to get it in my time. And obviously, it wasn't in God time. God chose me to live this hard experiment. I lost belief at certain point. I remember uh, like in 2019, November, I was crying. I couldn't stay in my apartment. I took my son and went outside the church. I just want to talk to someone. Like I said, I didn't have anybody here. I went outside the church. I tried to get in. Uh, it was like at seven, eight. There's no one at that time. I remember I was shaking. I have like bad thoughts about suicide, ending my life, ending this misery. Um, after that, I went back home and I text Eileen and I asked her to pray for me. I, I told her, I know you know God like you're a faithful woman and as well victor can you pray for me and she told me something i can't uh take it from my mind she said as a believer um that's not mean god gonna listen to us more he can listen to you as well and i will pray for you and she did pray for me and sent me uh, also a bible which i love to read uh, there's a specific verse i will read it after i finish 
the moment she started talking about her uh, struggles, she said that one time I was also having a um, bad situation and I read this verse and I wish it's going to help you. And she read it at that time. And like I said, I, she sent it to me. But after she prayed to me, like I felt it was so dark, the place I've been to. And I felt I closed my eyes while I'm listening to her prayers, I felt there is light coming inside my chest and soul. I don't know how to explain that. You can't feel it. You can't really, uh, in the words, it wouldn't help. But I felt some light cut the darkness I've been to. And it's helped me to sleep that night without hurting myself. And it was like... Really, the second or the third day, uh, I received uh, the Bible, and she was so nice. She put the bookmark inside the verse, so because I told her how much I like it, so I will read it. And the words, it's exactly what I've been like. Explain the moment or the struggling, and it's just really calmed me and my calm my soul. It's uh, Luke one thirty seven. I may to God, nothing is too difficult for me. I have chosen to use weak ones like you to accomplish my purposes. Your weakness is designed to open your up to my power. Therefore, do not fear your limitation or measure the day demands against your strength. What I required of you is to stay connected to me. Living as a trusting depends on my limitless resources. When you face unaccepted demands, there is no need to panic. Remember that I am with you. Talk with me and listen while I talk you through each challenge situation. I am not a careless God. I'm allowed difficulties to come into your life. I equip your fully to handle them. Relax in my presence. Trust in my strength. That's very strong insurance that God is there for me. I just need to surround myself to him. So that's that's what really give me a hope and faith. It's uh, I mean, just listening to that scripture, you know, it, it it's affecting me because there's something that's very supernatural and powerful about God's holy word. Uh, you know, I, I'm thankful that my bride directed you to the word of God so that, you know, you you would know the power that it's living and there are many people listening right now. And maybe, you know, you don't have to have your life on the line to desire that level of peace or comfort. Your life can just be upside down, torn apart. And God hears and he knows. And believe me, his heart breaks for you in it. That's why he gives us such truth and power and peace. You know, when Eileen gave her life to Christ, like you did, is feeling that light come in. I mean, 
there were no special words. It was just this, God, I help me. I need you. And she never forgets that when she heard the day that it really changed for her was when she heard that Jesus was the true Prince of peace. And she's like, I want that. I want peace in the midst of chaos and trouble and challenge. And all these years, 30 something years later, she still presses into him to be her Prince of peace. Cause even though you're married now and it's you remarried and God has brought you a wonderful man, a husband can't meet all the needs, right? Correct. Only God can meet the needs of a person's soul. I mean, this has been so beautiful, you sharing your experience. And what would you tell Christians who, how can they really be a light to Muslims, to people of other faiths uh, that they might meet? Should they try to convert them? Should they talk about, you know, the horrible Muhammad? Should they try to prove them wrong on everything they believe? Actually, what's make me love Jesus is Eileen talk, um, how she showed me how she loved him and trust him. So telling your experiment or your testimony, that's what make me love Jesus, not trying to prove which religion is better because I've been, I've been Muslims community, I've been in Christian community. I have a friend uh, who is Jewish, so I've been like in many religion i like i talk to many friends so what's make me or make any person love the religion is your experiment your background what happened to you how did you get your love what make you so strong keep your faith and prayer we all prayer uh in different way but the love you have and your spirit that's what make me getting cursed. Okay, I, I'm, I'm looking what's, why you're so relieved, where you bring all this trust to God. How, how you get that encouraged, you go and fight for what you believe in. It's not, it's a superpower. It's not yes. something like we just say, we just say and believe. So when I see the miracles in different people life, that's what's encouraged me because I want to live in that peace. I want to live in that uh, faith. Yes. No, I want something to strong me and my beliefs. Yes. Because we surrender ourselves with him. I love it. I love it the way you say surrender to him. And it is a superpower. I love it. It is a supernatural superpower from God. If you're listening, that power is available to you. Call out to God. Send us an email through our website, victormarks.com. And tell us how this program with Fadwa has impacted you. If you have any questions, we'd love to answer them for you. If you want to just send a note, you're welcome to do that. Or go to our Facebook page, which is the same, just Victor Marks. We're on all the social medias, and you're welcome to always leave a comment. Uh, but what a special program we had today, Farwa. This was amazing. I mean, not, not too often my eyes start leaking, but, man, they were leaking good on this one. And it's just uh, really the goodness of God. So. Thank you. We will have many thousands of people praying for you and your new you. husband and your son and your continued work with the ministry. Now, real quick, I have to ask two final questions. I always, always ask 
my guest. Uh, it's different because I've never asked a, a team member. You're the first team member I've ever interviewed. You have inside scoop, but people live by perceptions, right? What is your perception of Eileen and I in the ministry? You're the kindest two people I ever met. Also the strongest. Like I said before, um, doing all what you do and showing as a Christian your love to different um, people, different from different regions, going to dangerous places, sacrificing yourself, because you never know what may happen. Right. Like that's that's a great example for me to follow to like thank you. Thank you actually for the good fighting you have. Like I know there's some hard um, moments come to your life, but like you defending and you doing things that a lot of people they can't step to and do you're a a model for many christian you we just you don't just say things you say it and do it that's Mm. the hard point like a lot of people they sit behind their desk or (laughs) post thing on facebook but no you you say it and then you do it you go to the battle you do you go to the uh, war and you just represent and show people how faith can be done or how work can be done by your faith. Well, it's, I think of the scripture, faith without works is dead. And, you know, we know very specifically we're called and anointed for to do things others can't, uh, that we understand. And we tell people, listen, because a lot of people are like, let us go with you. We go, no, you really don't. You think you want to go, but uh, you have to be called to this type of work. Correct. Correct. And as a man, I understand you can do that. But as women for Eileen to take the step to go to travel to a country she's never been into, just to give hugs for women, yes. kidnap women and, uh, and kids. Um, that's not not uh, not everyone can leave their house and work and family and take thousand and thousand of miles to give a hug for someone. Right. That's a lot of work and and um, dedication for the faith in the Lord. And that's, you know what? She is amazing. She's the most courageous person I've ever met and faith-filled to do that. And I know when she hugs kids and women, she's doing it for all the women back home, all the Christians around the world that wish they could give that child a hug. That's, that's Eileen, you know, the, a mother to nations. And last last question is when you die, because we're all going to die, when you die, what happens to Fadwa when she dies? When she closes her eyes, what happens to you? I feel I'm going to be in a uh, very peaceful place. I'm trying to do a work for now so people can remember me. That's first because mm. we all like love to be remembering good memories. Mm. So I wish like after I go uh, to Lord, some people going to pray for me and remember me in good works and yes. my work in this life going to be worth it. You know, we are here for um, mission. We all have specific missions, small or big. It depends. Yeah. Um, but like I encourage people to do it on the right way. So yeah. we're going to be in peaceful. Whatever the struggle you've been now, it's going to be worth it after after mm. we die. 
That's such a good word. And we will enjoy eternity in the presence of the Lord. And yeah, face to face. Father, we love you. We thank you. Please give a greeting in Arabic to all of our Arabic listeners. Please say a little word to them. مرحباً كيف الحال أتمنى أن تكونوا استمتعتوا بلقائي مع فيكتور ماركس. I just said hi. I hope you enjoyed my uh, interview with Victor Marks. Um, Atamana and Yubarikallah Fiq. I just wish uh, God bless you all. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate that you spent that time with me. I know you're very busy. I really love you guys and I appreciate everything you do for the ministry and for us as a team members, the support you're giving us. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Well, hey, everybody, thank you for being part of this program today. What a special show. Now, wherever you are, whatever you do, do it full throttle for the glory of God. Oh, that's what life's about. God bless you. Now go get it done. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.